me. And so we've decided, so we decided, like, for this room, you know, for example, we decided that the color is going to be gray. Gray. So you go to Lowe's, and you're like, okay, I want gray paint. But it doesn't just stop with gray. There are so many shades of gray. And I was going to name this talk tonight 50 Shades of Gray, but then I thought that might lead us down some bad avenues of conversation. So it's 50 shades of green. I went with 50 shades of green. We're going to be talking about the will of God. So let's say we know that the will of God is green, but then you have all these different shades and all these different options. We have Sweet Carolina, Ironclad, Cosmopolitan, Olive, Cottage Lattice Green, Lush Sage, Fields of Green, Spring Spirits, Green Tea Leaves, April Thicket, Frosty Grass, Sparkling Sage, Graceful Green, Cool Green, Gloaming Green. You guys get the picture. All these different colors. And this doesn't even scratch the surface. I was just in one section. I was just in the Val, the Valspar section. <laughs> so, so many, so many options. What is God's will? How specific is it? How does he communicate it to us? Is our belief about God's will based on scripture or what is it based on just what we learned growing up at church or what someone else has taught us? So I want to go to Colossians 3.17, which is kind of the basis of, I just want to keep coming back to this scripture tonight. Colossians 3.17, if somebody has it, you want to read it out? Colossians 3.17. Okay, so I want to focus on that word, whatever. Whatever you do. Let's see, I have the amplified version the girl version, and whatever you do, no matter what it is in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Whatever, whatever. Sometimes God's will is whatever, right? He absolutely, there is a sovereign will of God. He, before time began as we know it, Um, he had already put his plan into place that Jesus was coming to redeem us and he was going to die on a cross and be raised from the dead. That is, that was going to happen no matter what. And his divine purpose, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. That was his divine purpose. Purpose. That was the will of God. We know God's ultimate will for us is salvation. That's the ultimate plan, that we would be uh, saved and redeemed, restored back to relationship uh, with him by receiving Jesus and to spend eternity with him. That is the will of God. But what about the particulars? Does he really care? 
How much of it is up to us? He gave us a will, right? There are times when God really does give us specific direction, and he's very, very specific. But more often than not, he doesn't. Would you agree? And this is, this is a conversation. So if you guys have um, thoughts or, you know, other scriptures that we can refer to, feel free to chime in. Um, and this is kind of one of those subjects where, you know, we might differ. People might differ in, um, in opinions or whatever. We always use scripture as our basis of everything. But, um, you know, having some differences makes for interesting conversations. So. <laughs> so chime in if you want. What about the particulars? There are times when God really does give specific direction, and we'll refer to some of those in Scripture. But more often than not, he doesn't. So what about that? What about that? Um, I was thinking about the Scripture passage in 1 Kings. Um, I think it's 1 Kings 17. Tom? Yeah, the word in general is where everything should start. That's where everything should come from. Um, and there are some very specific things in God's word, very descriptive and prescriptive things in God's word that are his will. Obviously, everything in his word is his will. But what about, you know, um, who should I marry? Should I take the job? Should I not take the job? Patrick, were you pointing at Dara? Yeah, you did good, right? Um, that was the will of God for Patrick. <laughs> um, you know, there are, so uh, back to 1 Kings, I think it's uh, chapter 17, when um, God gave, well, let me just go there. God gave Elijah some very specific instructions but also back in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So God spoke to them in a very different way than he speaks to us now. Um, so we also have to take that into consideration. Okay, uh, chapter 17, verse 1. Elijah the Tishbite of the temporary residence of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before who I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, here's specific, go from here and turn east and hide yourself by the brook Cherith east of the Jordan. You shall drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he did according to the word of the Lord, he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And behold, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. 
And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow was there gathering sticks. And, you know, I won't get into the rest of this story right now, but God was very specific. And sometimes, um, whether God's that specific or not, something that really stood out to me here was when it was time for him to move on, the brook dried up. The brook dried up. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, you know, you kind of felt like maybe a change was coming or you just sensed something and then resources dried up, your brook dried up. And maybe that was God speaking to you to move on or go to the next place. Or does anyone have any examples like that? Anybody? Does God speak to anyone in here? The brook dried up. Oh, wait just a second. So how much of it is really up to us When is God concerned about the specifics? When God talked to Abraham, Noah, Elijah, he was very specific. He told Noah, build an ark. He told him exactly how he wanted it done. When he spoke to to Abraham and he he told Abraham he wanted him to leave his country, he gave him very specific instructions of, of what to do and basically just trust me and follow and go where I say go. And which was a, a big step of faith for Abraham. And sometimes God does speak specifically like that. You know, like when you've got your, maybe there's a situation where um, God's speaking to someone about something that's going to change the course of history or something that's like a really big deal. But I really want to focus on the particulars tonight. Does God care where I go to lunch? He feels like he led me to California Pizza Kitchen. And I ran into someone I knew and then that led to something else and led to something else. So how does that all work? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? How? How do you know?
So you're driving down the road, headed to one place, and then you just had a thought to go back. It wasn't like some big booming voice. You just had a thought, and you just followed that leading. That's good. Any other examples? Rena? So the Lord led you to, he delayed you a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like hearing stories like that. Anybody else? Example, when you felt like God led you in a particular direction or... You thought you were hearing from God, or um, or maybe you're in the middle of a situation right now. Should I stay? Should I go? Should I take the job? Should I not take the job? Should I move? Should I not move? How do you know? Does God does God care about those details? And then there's the scripture in Romans eight twenty eight where it says, "In God." causes all things, like we just sang about it, all things to work together for our good. And it's like, I, I believe with all my heart that when we are in a, our heart is in a position where we love God and just in our lives in general, we are seeking God and making him a priority and our heart is for him and toward him, we find ourselves in the will of God. It's not something that we have to stress about. I'm not saying that we don't need to pray about things or be earnest in prayer in that way and, and intentionally follow God's leading. But I don't think it's as complicated as some of us make it out to be. I think that we're his children. And just like what Anna was talking about, she just had a thought and she just went with it. And so sometimes I think that that is how God leads us. It's not like some overwhelming supernatural experience. Sometimes it is. Um, but... Most of the time, it's not, right? All right. Um, Let's see here. There's a scripture in, uh, well, not just one reference, but, um, you know, like on all of Paul's missionary journeys in the New Testament, he will often say, um, It seemed right for us to go here, or it seemed good for us to do this. And I remember when I was in Bible school, we had a class called the Holy Spirit. And it was all about the Holy Spirit, which is, it was a really great class. And I I loved it, and I got so much out of it. But um, it's not just about information. It's about relationship and just learning how to be in step with him, the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so... He was, our instructor um, was 
referring to Paul's missionary journeys and talking about how whenever he, he kind of referred to the Holy Spirit as kind of like your seamer. Sometimes it just seems good. Like, like you don't hear God's booming voice, but it just seems like I need to say that to that person, or it seems like I need to, to go here. It seems like I need to watch that person that my kid is hanging around. There's, I don't know anything in particular, but it just seems like I need to be on guard in this situation. Does anyone have any examples there? Where you just kind of had a, a supernatural intuition about something? Go, Anna. Anybody else? Something just seemed right in your spirit about something? I've been wanting, I had been um, just feeling like I had, I needed to spend some time with my daughter. I just kept thinking about it, and it just seemed like I should. And she's not a real talker, and she's not a real open person. And so I knew I had to be strategic about that. (laughs) And, um, and so I was just praying for the Lord to, you know, give me opportunities there. But I just knew that there was something I needed to talk to her about. And so I followed that leading. And um, it's, me and her went to breakfast. And, and, you know, without me going into detail, God just opened a door for me to talk to her about some things that I knew needed to be Addressed, and I felt such peace in that conversation, and I know it was um, appointed by God, and I know God was leading me and directing me in that situation, and um, and I felt God's presence in it, and I know He was leading me. So, like sometimes with our kids, especially, God will. Um, I remember, uh, Pastor, when I was growing up. He said he was going to write a book called The Snitch and Holy Ghost. <laughs> he never did write it, but <laughs> and my mom would always tell me, you know, if you're doing something you're not supposed to, you know, the Holy, the Holy Ghost is a snitch, just so you know. <laughs> He's going to tell me, you know, so I grew up <laughs> afraid of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but he will lead us in parenting. He will, he will um, to speak to us in that way for sure. Any other examples there?
Yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths, which means he will keep you in his will when you acknowledge him in all your ways. That sounds so easy, too. And... Our steps are ordered by the Lord. Um, scripture also says in Psalms 119 um, that his word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. We're talking about what is God's will? What is God's will? Well, first of all, it's his word. If it's his word. And a lot of times we're not, we're like, I don't know what God wants me to do. Or I don't know what the next move is. Or I don't know what the next step is. And he's not going to tell us something else until we go back and do the last thing that he told us to do. And oftentimes, well, sometimes, um, maybe we're not hearing anything about what his next move is for us is because we're doing it already. <laughs> the brook hasn't dried up. And so I think uh, his God's will is not quite as mysterious as we often make it out to be. He doesn't make it super hard to be in his will, right? All right. Um, Often, um, discovering God's will in a particular situation emerges out of routine obedience. Never underestimate the, um, the power and the, the beauty of routine obedience and faithfulness and building that kind of character in your life. Oftentimes, clarity comes out of that. When God called the disciples, they were, they were working. They were busy. They weren't lazy. Um, they were fishing and collecting taxes and working and, and doing their jobs. And... Um, I'm, I'm doing a Bible study right now with a group of ladies at my house on Fridays um, called D- Discerning the Voice of God. And we've been talking a little bit about this. And I've just really been um, pondering the times and jogging my memory of when I have gotten specific direction on something from God or, um, or a, a motivation or a nudging to go in this direction or that direction. It's never been when I am in a lazy, a lazy time or a lethargic time. It seems like it always happens during movement and during motion. 
I think God honors that. Elijah was plowing the field. David was tending sheep. God usually taps on people who are busy doing something. He knows how to track you down. Um, God usually gives that kind of specific direction to people busy doing something instead of people being lazy, just waiting for God to give them something to do. Um, How do we, okay, here's a question. Let's talk about this for a moment. How do we know the difference between God just trying to push us through something? Um, You know, when things get hard, sometimes you want to quit, and you're like, is this even God? This This is hard. I thought he told me to do this. I thought he told me to go there. And then um, it gets a little bit rough, and it's not exactly like you dreamed it was going to be at first. Nothing is. And um, is this God just trying to push me through and teach me something in this? Or is he wanting me to move on? How do we know the difference? Anybody? Sometimes the brook dries up. Sometimes that's a sign. Yeah, and like, you know, like you said, Tom, like, what are my motives? Why am I wanting to move on? Do I still have a passion in this area? Um, You know, if you're confused, sometimes it's good to just wait and not be so fast to move. Um, Anybody else? And I think journaling is really important and valuable, too, because when you are sensing that God is speaking something to you or like, I know that this is God's will in this area, or um, I'm feeling like maybe a change is coming in this in this next season of my life or whatever, um, writing those things down um, daily, because sometimes you can see a pattern in yourself and you're like, wow, I'm really flaky because I thought this yesterday and that the day before and that the day before and none of this is driving. So sometimes it's just our feelings and our emotions that are, are guiding us. So I think writing things down is super, super valuable when you sense God moving you in a certain direction um, or when you feel like God has spoken something to you. Um, then you can go back and refer to it. Anybody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he will never um, contradict his word. So if you feel like he's telling you something and it doesn't really match up with his word, you know, it's not good. <laughs> Anybody else? Anna? Mm-hmm.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, which leads me to the next thing I wanted to point out and bring up is that God blesses the work of our hands. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's often in our movement, in our doing, when we sense a calling or we hear the voice of God or we sense a certain direction. And I think a lot of times people spend waste so much time just waiting Waiting for what? They're not doing anything. And God wants us to put our hand to something and work. And I don't think, I think that he's given us free will. We have choice. And we, he made us all different with personalities and gifts and talents. And he wants us to just do something instead of wait for specific direction all the time. He's giving us the creative. God gave us an imagination that came from him. He gave us the creative ability to, to create and to do things. I heard, um, I was listening to a preacher the other day, and this was so good. I had to rewind it and listen to, listen to it several times because it was so awesome. Um, but he was talking about how God does not make tables and chairs. He's never made a table or a chair. He makes trees. We make tables and chairs. And so a lot of times we're sitting around praying and waiting for tables and, tra- and chairs, and he's given us the resources. He's given us everything that we need to create it and to make it and to do it, but we have to put our hand to it. So what is the will of God? Where is the will of God? I was thinking about the, the parable about the, um, the man who went away and and gave his servants all talents. And he trusted them all according to their own ability with uh, a certain amount of talents. And then he came back. He did not tell them specifically what to do with them. But he did judge them at the end on what they did with them. And, um, And for one, it did not fare very well because he was lazy. He buried it and he did nothing with it. And um, the same preacher who was talking about how God doesn't make tables and chairs, he makes trees. He was on an African safari, and he was just admiring the beauty of all of the creation around him. He said it was just breathtaking. And he said he saw the elephants and their size and their weight. It was like their strength, these huge elephants. He was just enamored by them. And then he saw the, the cheetah and, and their speed and, I mean, just, the, um, just how fast they were and how that was their strength. And the lion and his roar and how that was a strength of his. And he was, you know, just pondering all of that. And he said, God, look at the elephant and his strength and the cheetah and his speed and the lion and his roar. What about man? what about man? What is our strength? What have you given us? And he said, I gave man a brain. (laughs) I gave man a brain. He gave us the ability to think and create. And so I want to encourage all of us tonight, 
You know, when you have a natural bent or a natural ability, talking about what is God's will, Colossians 3.17, whatever, whatever means whatever. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Be excellent in it. That's God's will. That is God's will. And there's going to be times where maybe you head in a certain direction and you hit just like a big red stop sign. The Holy Spirit is like, no, do not do that. That is a, a bad road for you to travel. You know, there are situations like that, but your day in, day out stuff, God wants you to use what he has given you. He wants you to make tables and chairs. He makes trees. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of times we just like to stay in our little safe zone. It's safe, you know, sometimes to do nothing um, or to just, you know, live on autopilot. There's safety there. Um, anybody else? Um, we never are meant to discern God's will in isolation, but in community. It's important to be part of a church and a group of believers. And like, you know, uh, like Patty and Anna brought out, um, God will often confirm things in our heart through a person or, um, or a fellow believer or, a, you know, someone who speaks something to confirm something that's in your heart. And Isolation is just a dangerous thing because your mind can go crazy. It just goes all different kinds of places, and you just get off in your thinking. And I think one of the reasons why God tells us not to forsake ourselves, the assemblings, or what is that scripture? <laughs> Assembling of ourselves together. He says don't forsake that. There is um, there's protection um, in, uh, in community. There's a covering there in community. And when you are off in this direction or this direction, you've got people to say, hey, you know, um, people to pray for you, pray with you, and to give you some direction and spiritual guidance. So um, isolation is not a good thing. Being part of a community is a great place to, to, to discover God's will. Sometimes you can just go until you get a no. Sometimes you're like, oh, should I, should I, should I not? You know, never let fear be your motivating factor for anything. If you're afraid to do something because you're afraid it's going to fail or just afraid, 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 God doesn't, I don't think God leads us through fear. He leads us, leads us by his peace. The, um, the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit leading us by letting peace be our umpire, letting peace call the shots. 
So if you are being governed and led by fear, I would say that's usually not the will of God. Um, Go until you get a no. In other words, if there's no biblical reason not to, or it's not terrible wisdom, or it's not damaging you or someone else in any other way, obviously. Um, Colossians 3.15, and let the peace, the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality the questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you were also called to live, be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always, letting peace be your umpire. Any thoughts on that? Any examples? Being led by peace. I remember um, a few years back, uh, maybe about four years ago now, um, I was house hunting, and I found this old farmhouse. Oh, I wanted it so bad. I mean, it had Chip and Joanna Gaines written all over it. I wanted this house. And um, I just, you know how it is. I had my heart set on it. I had my mind set on it. I had envisioned how everything was going to look. But it was a fixer-upper. And I was by myself. It was before Marcus and I got married. So I was by myself. I would have to do everything by myself, finance it all by myself. But I just thought, I'll figure it out. I want this house. But I just had this uneasy feeling. And so... um, I had been moving farther along in the deal, and I just had this feeling I needed to call an electrician and a plumber just to take a look at it um, because I thought it'd be wise, and I really had my fingers crossed, like, please, let this be a good report. (laughs) And they both told me, do not buy this house. You were looking at at least $100,000 in renovation cost and, um, like, the the whole place needed to be gutted and needed... um, electricity and I mean it had electricity but it needed to be rewired and all the plumbing and everything so I was um, I was uneasy in my spirit and thank God I um, I went with my gut it probably wouldn't have passed inspection anyway but <laughs> but I knew what the Holy Spirit was telling me no on that one all right any other thoughts
Yeah, that's good. And that goes back to our steps being ordered by the Lord and acknowledging him in all of our ways. And he will direct our path. And the more we do it, the better we get at it. And a lot of times it just comes from not acknowledging him in a situation or not even acknowledging, you know, not just taking a moment to to get with him about it and just moving too quickly without even without even talking to him. So, yeah, that's good. Okay, here's one. What about God's will when it comes to a spouse? You know, some people think that there is only one person that, and you've got to be like on this hunt, find this person. And there's only one, there's one particular person that is God's will for you. And if you think about it, I mean, this is like really, really stressful. So if Sally was supposed to marry Joe, but she married John instead, now Joe's life is jacked up because he was supposed to marry Sally, and now John wasn't supposed to be with Sally, so the person that was supposed to be with John is now also messed up. You see how crazy that is? I... What do you do with that? I don't know. I don't know. The divorce rate for those marriages are probably way less <laughs> than when we're picking them ourselves. What? <laughs> yeah. Patty. That's that's the will. <laughs> that's the will. You're stuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Make it work it out. Rena? Yeah. <laughs> I notice you guys aren't sitting next to each other. <laughs> She just called you common, Tom. You gonna stand for that? Now, that is very specific. Now, that never happened to me. Has that happened to anybody else?
That's awesome. Too, Tom. Her knight in shining armor. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's not common enough, right? Tom next week <laughs> um, all right anybody else on that <laughs> wow seven months you started getting facial hair um, all right anybody else on that Sometimes you guys do that. Um, finding meaning in the mundane. God is working in you, developing char character for the next assignment. As long as we are alive and breathing, we have an assignment. And we should be doing and putting our hand to something. Talking about being in God's will. What is God's will? Whatever, Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do, whatever. Do it with excellence and as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, he wants us to be doing something. He's more concerned um, with your who than your do. He's more concerned about, um, I don't think he really cares where you have lunch tomorrow or what you wear or even if you put in for that promotion at work or even sometimes if you change jobs. I think he, he leaves a lot of it up to us. Um, I think he is most concerned about who we are and our relationship with him. And then when that is what we're pursuing, we find ourselves in his will. Um, walking with God is not terribly confusing. Basically, he puts something in your heart or something crosses your mind, like what Anna was saying earlier. Something occurs to you. You think about it. Something seems right. And you respond. That's taking a step. And then it happens again. And you're taking another step. And that happens again. And you're taking another step. And before you know it, you started here. But now you're way over there. And you're like, wow, look where God has brought me. And it wasn't even a, a stressful journey. You just found yourself there. Just one step at a time. One day at a time. One decision at a time. Just being in relationship with him and following his leading every single day. The center of knowing God's will is knowing God's ways. The word is always our starting point. We discover and do it. Like James said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Because if you are just a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, which is God's will, um, you're, you're just like, you're deceived, the Bible says. Like looking at, um, looking in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you looked like. So the will of God is doing the word of God. Talking about our paint samples here. You've got a can of paint, but the value is in its application. Um, God wants us to desire 
to do his will. If it's our desire, we'll find ourselves right in the middle of it. Um, And then I've got lots and lots of scriptures here, but we don't really have time for all of that. But just in your own time, if you want to, just study. Just look up Google or look in your your search or your concordance for God's purposes and God's will and finding what it is. And um, it's more general than specific. But um, just knowing just knowing what it is. Any other closing thoughts? What is God's will? Fifty Shades of Green. Donna? And we do pray that a lot. You know, we pray in our our regular prayers and um, lead us, guide us. Um, Like Tim Hawkins calls them, the the Saras prayers. (laughs) Lead us, guide us, navigate us. It's like we say the same thing over and over. Um, And then he really does do that. But we don't, a lot of times we don't acknowledge the fact that it was God um, responding to what we prayed or what we asked for. Um, Real quick. And it's still early, and we're going to get out early. Um, But when it comes to vocation and the line of work that you do, um, what is God's will? You know, we have a senior. Brooke is a senior graduating and lots of decisions before them. And sometimes it can be overwhelming because, you know, people are always asking seniors, you know, now what are you going to do? 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 And then sometimes they have it all mapped out, and you're thinking, oh, that is not what you, but anyway, <laughs> it's like, okay, I need to just, like, let this play out. Um, but I remember, I mean, God made us, like Donna was just bringing out, he knows us. God knows us, obviously. He made us. He He created us a certain way on purpose, and I Um, even when I was a little bitty girl, my neighbor and I, um, her name was Lisa and we used to play church. She was the preacher and I was the worship leader. And she had one of those microphones that you could tune in to the frequency on the radio. And, um, so we would just have church and they had a, they had a hymnal at their house. And so we would open the hymnal and I would tell my pretend congregation to turn to 300 page 328 or whatever, Um, But it's funny now because I never really did aspire or think that I was going to be a worship leader. Um, But if now looking back, even when I was a little bitty girl, that's what I was pretending to do. And then even when I I remember being like 10, 11 years old at Parkton Assembly of God, um, I was always singing specials on Sunday night. Remember that old song, I Am a Promise? (laughs) 
I remember I used to sing that. What did you say? With a capital P, yes. <laughs> I used to sing that goofy song on Sunday nights. And, um, and just looking at the course of my life and how God was leading me and guiding me. And he had placed those abilities and those gifts in me. But I, I never knew how that was going to play out. And then I became an adult and I desired to go into the ministry. There was no place for me to be a worship leader. And I never thought that's what was in the cards for me. But I went to Bible school because I just, I just loved God. I just had a passion for the ministry. So I went in that direction. And then I ended up working for Joyce Meyer for 10 years. And then um, our senior pastor died. And the worship pastor became the pastor. And I was a backup singer. So I was at the right place at the right time. And they asked me to become the worship pastor. And at the time, I had been leading worship at a small Bible study of about 15 people. I hated it because that's harder to do than leading worship for hundreds of people. <laughs> leading worship for just a few people where, you know, there's people are inhibited and they don't sing out and it's just like really quiet. And anyway, so I had been doing that faithfully for about a year and a half. And then, um, and then I just kind of stepped into it. And God has, it's like, so as parents, looking, watching our children just finding those natural giftings and tendencies and just helping steer them in the right direction. I don't, I think that there are options for them, but like for me to become an engineer would be a joke. I don't have any of those giftings or any of those, my brain doesn't work that way. And so I think even when we're little, um, it's funny, I don't know if this relates to what I'm saying or not, but back at Christmas time, we had some, uh, it was like a volunteer night, we were making stuff for the Christmas program, and there was a bunch of people in the lobby. And I was recording a video asking various people what their favorite gift was growing up, their favorite Christmas gift as a child. And I asked Gordon, and, um, and it was some kind of Star Wars thing. And in the video that I was taking right then and there, Gordon was wearing a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> and then I asked Pat, and what did you say your favorite thing was? A go-kart. Well, he is like all about motorized toys, which is funny because that was, you know, you're, that's part of your makeup, you know. And uh, Linda's favorite was like this little uh, doll she got where she could fix her hair. And she went on and got her... Uh, license in cosmetology and did hair. And um, I forgot who else I asked. Did I ask you, Rena? What would you say? How does that tie into you now? <laughs> Do you like Chinese food? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, Barry, when did you know you wanted to be a doctor? Did you used to play?
your steps were ordered by the Lord, even as a, as a young boy. But it's like you were following a path without even really realizing, right? Anybody else? Before we go? I see all that as God leading us. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right, anybody else? Marshall, you got anything? No? Come on, Marshall. We want to hear Marshall talk. <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. Anybody else? Nikki? All right. Okay, well, let's pray. Um, God, we just thank you, um, God, for your word, and um, help us, Holy Spirit, to, um, to stay on the right path, God, to follow your leading, to recognize your voice, God, not to overstress or th overthink things, God, but just to love you, be in relationship with you, and um, just to recognize your voice, Lord, and um, I 
I pray for all of us here, God. I pray that you would continue to lead us. I think I believe that you've got great things in store for us, things for us to do. God, as we put our hands to things, hands to things, God, just remind us of your word in Colossians. Whatever you, whatever you do, whatever your hand finds to do, um, do it as unto the Lord. So remind us of that this week, God, and um, let our, the words of our mouth, the, our deeds, God, everything, let it bless you and, and please you, God. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.